Amen. Well, it's my honor to be here again today, uh, speaking to you all again in person. It's it's you know it's been a difficult time for all of us in in many different ways, but you know yeah even as I, I look out on you here this morning, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why you all look so happy. Why do you look so happy? Maybe it's because I don't know. Maybe it's because I can't see your frowns behind those masks. I don't know. No, I, I think it's more. We have Jesus. Absolutely, that's exactly it. You know, and I think, too, that even, even now as we've been wearing these masks for a while, you can start to see people's joy just in their eyes, too, right? Eyes are the windows of the soul. So we can see the joy right through those as well, too. Amen. And, uh, you know, seriously, though, it's, 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 it's uh, how miraculous is it that we can carry joy with us even though the world is trying to make us absolutely miserable? Right? Have you noticed that? How is it that we can be so joyful when the world around us is, is really trying to perpetuate this, this fear and anxiety and just trying to make everybody so miserable? I have to admit that I, I'm kind of a little bit of a, a current events kind of nut. I like reading the news, uh, you know, quite a bit, you know, a couple of times a day. And, uh, I, you know, I like to know what's going around in the world. But lately I find myself becoming less and less invested in what's being presented to me. Have you found that as well, too? Less and less, because I, I see the strategy. I see how things like the media are trying to rob me of my peace, trying to rob me of my happiness, trying to even rob me of my faith, right? Faith in the fact that my Lord has it all under control, right? It almost feels like the world is addicted to bad news these days, doesn't it? It really feels that way. It's at the point where, where we don't even believe any good news because it must not be real if it's good news, Right? Like, you know, like our kids, you know, the kids are not safe at school, that the, the, the COVID variants, they're, they're creeping up on us. Climate change is, is putting us in an age of continual crisis. We're now living in a pandemic age. All these things that people are trying to say to us, they're just trying to throw fear at us continually. And even though there might be a little bit of truth in some of those things, you know, it, it's not that we have to worry about it because God is in control. We have Jesus, as already mentioned today. You can hear it in the church, too. You know, I even hear that, that, that sentiment in the church sometimes as well, too. We hear that, you know, the church is dying every minute. A pastor in North America is quitting. These are all things that, again, try bad news continually, nonstop. And I know you've heard it, too. And maybe some of you have even said it or posted it on Facebook once or twice. But, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're consuming or disseminating it. It's bad news. And deep down, we know in our spirit, right, that it just does not jive with us. It just doesn't fit in. That bad news does not fit within us. And why is that? Because you're not meant to carry bad news. You're not meant to carry bad news. You're meant to be ambassadors of good news. We are meant to be ambassadors of good news. My grandmother passed away just over a year ago. She passed away in January. And, uh, you know, a lot of, we've been thinking as a family, well, thank you, Jesus, that she went away in peace before this pandemic hit. Because, you know what, though, she was a survivor. She would have been fine regardless. But I'm just happy that she was able to, to go to glory, go back home uh, before any of this happened. Uh, but in the last few years, she would always sit with us at the dinner table. We have, we have some pretty heated conversations, some, some very spirited conversations sometimes uh, when the whole family is there. And, you know, when the conversation got a little bit heated or, or there's just a tiny, tiny little hint of uh, frustration or, you know, despair, Florence would always, always interject with a fierce and direct, but God. Every single time, but God. 
I'm going to dedicate this sermon to her this morning. <laughs> and, you know, we would often look at this as kind of a funny thing to say, you know, quite often. Funny, you know, but in reality, if you look at it a little bit more deeper, this was a woman who had been through world wars. She had been through, she had seen tragedy. She had seen financial hardships. You name it, she had seen it. She had lived through it, right? But her saying, but God, it wasn't a dismissive statement. It wasn't at all being a dismissive statement. It was because she lived a life where she had proved God's faithfulness in every single situation. Absolutely every single situation. Which brings me to my main point this morning, and it's that, that a follower of Christ can boldly say, I'm optimistic. We can say that without any regard to what's going on around us. Why? Because we're not optimistic based on what our eyes see. We're optimistic based on what our God says. Based on his word, based on his promises. And if you've lived a life filled with faith, you can actually even base it on your experience as well too. No matter what situation comes, you can say, yeah, but God, he's brought me through it before. He's going to do it again. I can see you do it again. Amen. Don't you love that the, the basis of our faith is, is good news? Is the good news? A lot of people forget that. The good news is not that we've all sinned. That's not the good news. The good news is the joy found in our salvation. Amen? Amen. Now, the original Greek for the word gospel is eugelion, and it means God's good news. So I don't, I don't know about you, but I have a brand new appreciation for good news. Don't you? If it's good news, I want to hear it. If it's good news, tell it to me. I don't care how mundane it is. If the bunions on your feet have, have healed, I want to hear about it. Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that good news, right? Good news is good news, and I want more of it. And as Christians, good news has become actually, a, it's become a kind of a familiar word to us, uh, the good news. Yeah, we know it as Christians. You know, it's, uh, it's a familiar word, but it's actually the basis of our optimism. Why? Because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. That is the good news. My sins are forgiven. My eternity is absolutely secure. There's your source of optimism right there. You know, I could end it right now. I could say, that's it, guys. Have a great Sunday. We, we could leave it at that. Uh, but, uh, you know, when God is involved, when it's his good news, there's always more. There's always more as well, too. There's always more to the story. And you know one of the, the biggest kind of but gods you can actually take home today? It's the absolute fact that my future victory is greater than my present pain. No matter what, no matter what it is, whatever it's COVID, whatever, whatever it is, my future victory is greater than my current pain. Always. In Romans 8 and 18, I'm going I'm to be preaching from Romans 8 this morning. The, Romans 8 is a fantastic passage in the Bible. I would encourage you to read that today. I'm reading right now from Romans 8 and 18. It's this, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing. Get that, less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe. You're going to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. That's where the negativity is right there. That's what we've been enduring. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. That's from the Passion Translation. 
What I truly appreciate about what Paul is saying here is that our optimism, our joy, it's not, it's not the result of the absence of pain. It's not about perfect circumstances. It's not about financial abundance, right? It's not about, you know, any kind of earthly blessings of any kind, actually. But what it's about, it's about an understanding of perspective that is actually not of this world. Having an understanding of a perspective that is actually eternal, that all creation longs for. And you have to appreciate the, the, the math equation here that Paul sets up. I say math right now, and I see some of your eyes starting to glaze over. See, my dad's eyes getting bigger. Everybody else's eyes getting a little bit smaller. It's funny, actually, Sophia is, is learning her times table right now. She's at that point in grade three where she's having to learn it. And uh, I, really, these days, you have to memorize the times tables, right? You've got you to gotta do that. You've got to memorize it, and you've got to go over it. The first math test she had, she, she added it. Instead of, instead of multiplying it, she knew, knows her addition. She added it, so she didn't get a great mark. So Holly and I, being the, the involved parents that we are, we called the teacher and said, hey, well, you know, what's, you know, what do we need to do here to get this better? And the teacher was all kind and trying to help and everything. She's like, well, you know, maybe there just seems to be a blockage there. I don't think she's, I don't, you know, maybe she needs the, this, maybe she needs that. And we're like, you know what, don't, don't tell me what my daughter can and can't do. She's going to do it. We're going we're gonna to step in. We're going we're gonna to get it done. She got her math test back this week. She got 20 out of 20 on it. So you know what? Don't tell me what my daughter can and can't do. I'm going to prove you wrong. And you know what? I think that might be a word for some of you today, this morning as well, too. Maybe, God has, maybe someone has told you something before. But you know what? God, the Father, is saying, don't tell, you what my, don't tell me what your, my, my daughter, my son can and can't do. I'm the Father here. I paid them for a purpose. Amen? There's a little bit of sidetrack there. Sorry about that. Anyways, back to, the, back to the math equation here, back to what it says in Romans 8. If A equals our current struggle and B is our eternal victory in Christ, a little bit of algebra here. If A is our current struggle and B is the, the eternal victory in Christ, A does not equal B. A does not equal B. A is not actually even worth comparing is what it says there. They're not even worth comparing the two of them. It's not even worth comparing. It's less than nothing. Less than nothing. Less than nothing. Our struggles are less than nothing. Now, if you take this a step further, you can see why the world is actually obsessed with A, why it's obsessed with the struggle. They're obsessed with their current struggle because there's, there, there's so much bad news because the world does not have an understanding of their victory in Christ. That's why they're so focused on the struggle. They don't understand that the victory is there for them to take. You know, and this is not a new phenomenon either. That even if you look at back in when Jesus' time, the Pharisees actually could not see Christ even when I was right in front of them because they were obsessed with their current struggle with the Romans. They were, they were obsessed with the, what was going on with the Romans. So here's the thing. Human beings much prefer focusing on their struggles and on themselves than a God who's got the whole world in his hands. Right? He's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> no, there's no point focusing on the struggles because God is in control. He's got it. Your struggles are less than nothing. Less than nothing. Even though we have eternity in our hearts, we have the temporary in our minds. That's the unfortunate part. Which is why we have to constantly remind ourselves, but God. But God. Our struggles are nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. Amen? That gets me excited. I don't know about you guys, but this makes me excited. It doesn't matter what, what we face. 
So what do we do? We have to actually kind of bend our minds a little bit away from what we're temporarily facing. Not that, you know, we have to, not that we're undermining the struggle because the struggle is real. The struggle is real. We were facing real struggles. Being in a pandemic is not a fun thing to go through, is it? It's not. It's not. I don't like wearing a mask. I don't like, uh, you know, social distancing. I want to come and give you guys all a hug right now. I wish I could. Right? It's not a fun thing to be. The struggle is real. But if we believe in this good news, the fact remains that the gospel is greater than my struggle. It's not even worth comparing. It's way greater, much greater. That is why you can be optimistic when, when most people are pessimistic. Right? You can actually be the opposite. Why? Because our optimism doesn't come from the things we see and feel. We're optimistic because of who God is, what he says, and what he's done. And Paul says this in Romans 8, and this time in 5 and 10. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. The mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. So my father was speaking last week about bifurcation. Has anybody written that down in their, uh, their words to remember for the week? <laughs> it's a big word. Big word, but what it really boils down to is a separation, a division into two branches. Right? It's a division into two branches, separating the sheep from the goats. And uh, this is another example of that. In fact, I would say that this pandemic really is an illustration of what we're reading here in, in Romans 8 and 5. We're seeing a lot of people pursuing what benefits themselves. There's a lot of people that are going after what benefits themselves. Try to buy toilet paper at the beginning of this pandemic. People buying tons of toilet paper for whatever reason, right? They're hoarding it. There's people that are manipulating the stock market right, to, to pursue. These are all selfish pursuits, and they're not, they're not life-giving. They don't provide any comfort at all. Ask anybody that has a house full of toilet paper right now. Does it make them any happier? Has it made them feel any safer? No, it hasn't. I can get, tell you the answer to that. It hasn't. It hasn't done anything. It hasn't brought any comfort whatsoever. Whereas those that are pursuing God in these times, those that are going after God right now, those that are pursuing the, and I love this word that it uses, the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Those people, those are the people that are controlled by the Spirit. They're the ones that find life and peace. Amen? They're the ones. Are you experiencing that right now? I don't know why. I feel, I feel totally at peace about things. I haven't felt, I can tell you, I haven't felt that worried about much in the last little while. And I, I feel like it, it's definitely the Holy Spirit giving us that life and that peace. Amen? Can I be so bold this morning today to, to say that my mind is filled with the peace of God? Yeah. Yeah, I can be that bold. I mean, you can as well. Let me go on a bit of a tangent here for, for a second, okay? Bear with me. I love prophecy. The movement of the, the apostolic church uh, you know, has a strong prophetic anointing on it. I was prophesied over actually as a child during my dedication. And, you know, I personally witnessed incredible prophetic words through you know, my entire life. I've seen prophetic, incredible prophetic words come through people. Many of them are in this building right now. In this, in this, in this church body, there's been incredible prophetic words, and I honor that. I, I, I love it. I cherish those words. And, but recently I've been asking myself, you know, because I, I've been seeing a lot, and I'm sure you have as well too, a lot of these prophets online that are saying these outlandish things, right, saying these totally out of whack things that, that's not from God. I mean, let's just face it. it it's, it's not. 
And I keep, I'm asking myself, and again, it's one of these conversations I have with my parents that they are too. Hey, has, has prophecy ceased yet? Because that's, that's not a good thing. If prophecy has ceased, you know, we're getting close to the end times. I don't want that to happen. If prophecy has not ceased, right? But you know what? Maybe I can reply. Let me, let me just reply with what I believe God has said to me. I, I don't think prophecy has ceased. I really don't. I don't think it has ceased. But I believe what God is doing right now is a, is a bifurcation of mindsets. It's a bifurcation. God is looking for people who are governed by the Holy Spirit. What we just read about there in Romans, here looking for people that are guided, that are listening to the impulses of the Holy Spirit, not just the ones that are able to receive gifts. That's not what he's doing right now. He's, he's looking for people that have mindsets to listen to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Don't be offended by it because what I'm talking about, I'm talking about that this to myself as well too, right? Because I want my mindset to be in that, I want to go in that direction. The bifurcation, I want to go the direction where I understand and I hear the impulses of the Holy Spirit. But what it says there in Romans is governed, governed by the Holy Spirit. Governed means absent of personal agendas. It means absent of personal biases. It means governed by the Holy Spirit. There's only one governing body, and that's Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Governed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Governed by the Holy Spirit means that we're true ambassadors of life and peace. I think that what, that's what the world is looking for right now, people that are governed by life and peace. And I think that life and peace today, and, I, and I'm saying specifically today, speaks louder than actually any words we can speak. I think going online and prophesying just randomly to the whole world, that, that, that doesn't seem to work, I don't think. I think what's more effective is people that are ambassadors of life and peace, that can prophetically speak life and peace to the world. Amen? Because I believe what God is about to do requires complete obedience from us so that we follow the impulses of the Holy Spirit. We desperately need a differentiator here. We definitely need to be, be different from other people that demonstrates the good news, that demonstrates the truth, a bifurcation of the wheat and the chaff, a bifurcation of truth and lies, of humility and pride, right? Holy Spirit, you can speak however you need to. I don't, I don't need to come here and tell you how Holy Spirit needs to speak. He's going to speak how he wants to. But, Lord, we just say right now, we yield our mindsets to you. We yield ourselves to you. Do what you want to do. Amen? Amen. All right, so that was that bit of attention. But anyways, here we go. <laughs> Another mind-bending but God strategy that we can continue to remind ourselves is the fact that if God is for me, who can be against me? Who can be against me? We often give things more power than they deserve. Have you noticed that? You know, things like bad days, sickness, not enough money, addiction, and the seemingly endless, you know, struggles that, that drain our life of, of optimism. And a lot of times in the moment, we really feel like, you know, something is against me. Something is against me. Something is against you always. But you know what? But God... I'm, we, we're dealing right now with selling, <laughs> we're right now we're trying to sell the church mats, as many of you right know right now, right? We want to sell the church mats so we can get out of uh, debt in the church and be, uh, you know, we can we can be here for a long time. Once we do that, we're going to be free of debt. It's going to be fantastic. And we thought, let's go at it. Let's do it. Let the time is now. Let's do it. So the legal process of separating the mats from the total church property has taken over a year to do. It's taken over a year to do. That's that's the reality of it. So we're finally there. We've done it. We finally sold it. We finally separate. Oh, hold on a second, though. 
<laughs> we finally, we finally got the, the stamp from the city. So the property is separated. Okay, let's do an inspection of the house, make sure everything's okay. Oh, there's vermiculite with trace amounts of asbestos in the ceiling. Oh, oh, that's not good. That's going to cost us. All right, well, we'll deal with that. Some, someone's going to still want to buy and take care of themselves. We'll just use it as a bargaining thing. That's fine. We'll do that. All right, all right, so let's go. We're going to go to the market. We're going to be fine. All right, uh, why is it so cold in this house? Why, are we, why is it so cold here? Oh, because the furnace is dead. So, okay, well, we'll replace the furnace. We'll do that. We'll replace the furnace. Oh, there's a lot of mold happening in that corner of the house. What's going on there? We better remediate that. All right, we'll pay to remediate that. We'll get rid of all that mold. It's all gone. Basement is torn apart. Mold's gone. We get a call this week. Now there's a flood in the basement. <laughs> right? So it's thing after thing after thing. And that's how the enemy works. He always tries to tire you out with endless assaults. You know what? But God. But God. We just keep going. But God. Our future victory is greater than the current struggle. And that's the case for absolutely everything. Amen? But God, this God who did not spare his son for you or for me, for us, even for us individually, for you specifically, he didn't spare his son for, he spared his son for, for all of us. What else, can, what else can, can destroy us? Nothing. Nothing could come against us. And no one can stand a chance against the good news, the Eugelion of his, of his plans to give us a hope and a future. His good news is always, it's always, it's always greater than my struggle. Absolutely always. Well, it's easier said than done, isn't it? Is it, though? Is it? Because the Bible also says that God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. Wait a second. What is that spirit again? What's that spirit? It's the spirit of the one who authored my cell structure, the spirit of the one who created the universe. And even though those red rocks that we're seeing now on Mars that we're getting HD pictures of, he created that too. He did all of that. The spirit of the one who knows my, my very, the, the very structure of your DNA. The Holy, Holy Spirit is available to be your friend. It's available to be your comforter and to be your present help in times of trouble. Pretty awesome. Therefore, I'm optimistic even in my weakness. Therefore, I can say, but God, in the worst of circumstances. Why? Because when I am weak, he is strong. And because he's strong, my temporary struggle does not stand a chance. And most people are going to tell you that, you know, victory always, it always comes at a cost. But you've got a but God for that too. There's a but God for that as well too because I also happen to have read that God is working everything in my life for good. Everything. Don't you love inclusivity? Don't you love words that are inclusive? Everything means everything. Everything. So, you know, you're just saying, well, you know, when I was young, I was dumb and I, I did this stupid thing. I, I really met, it says everything. It says absolutely everything. What about what others did to me? What that, that person did that to me? I'm going to stop you right there. God says everything. He says absolutely everything. Everything for good. Everything for good. For those that love him, everything for good. Everything. Say it out loud. Everything. Everything. Think of the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Think about it right now. The worst thing that's ever happened to you. Now say it with your own voice. Everything for good. Everything for those that love him. Everything. Wait a second. Does that mean that God made this stuff happen to me? No. No, that, that's, not, that's not, of course not. That's not what that means. Does it mean that he can make it all good? Yep. It says everything. Why? Because nothing, 
Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing in all of creation, it says in Romans, can separate me from the love of God. Amen? It's pretty exciting stuff. That is why we can be optimistic, not just about the next life, but also this life. We have assurance of God's love extended to us through Jesus, the good news. And you want to know one last awesome thing? One more thing that, that gives you another but God. I can give you another one here that you can take home with you today as well, too, uh, in any whatever circumstance you're facing. Jesus is at the right hand of God right now praying for me. Doesn't that just give you chills? He's at the right hand of God right now praying for you, the Son of God, the one from the beginning who's in and of God, who came to the earth, suffered, died, and then rose again, took care of sin and death forever. That guy... That one, he's at the right hand of God right now, right? Talking about you, talking to, talking to God about you, what you're going through, interceding on your behalf. How about that? Isn't that amazing? And if that doesn't fill you with life and peace, I'm going to encourage you, go and watch this over and over again on YouTube until you get it. It should give you life and peace, knowing that that's happening right now. Read Romans 8, 34 too. He is interceding on your behalf. He is interceding on your behalf. The gospel is good news. It was good news for Christians 2,000 years ago, and it's good news for us today as well, too. It's good news for every single generation because it reminds us of the unwavering love our Father actually has for us and why we can turn and optimistically say, but God, no matter the headlines, no matter the circumstance, but God because of his gospel. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together this morning. You know, and I encourage you. I was, I was, you know, I was saying it. I was saying it. If, if you are going through something, or you have gone through something, the, you know, I don't want to bring up the the bad things in your life. But there, if there is something on your heart, bring it to God this morning. He can remove it, and He can turn it around for good right now. There's no, there's no sense in holding on to it. He can release it and it be lost in His sea of forgetfulness, and you can move on in life and peace. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna ask Holly to come up and play the guitar for a little bit while you just. Close in prayer this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. God, open my heart to your gospel and your good news. Let my present perspective reflect your eternal work. Let us hear the impulses of the Holy Spirit, even this morning, so that we are spreading an infectious optimism into a world that, that desperately needs your good news. Heavenly Father, in faith, let us dare to look at the glass and, and see it as half full rather than half empty. There's so much that we can't control, Lord, but we have hope for you today and for tomorrow because you are still in control. You will always make a way for us to move forward. Every time, always. We're so grateful that even though there are unknowns each day, we are still in your hands and your plans for us are good. You are with us. You are for us. You are the all-powerful God who created this world and you sustain us and all, all of it in your hands. We place our confidence in you, Lord, because you're always good. And we glorify your name this morning. Fill us with your life and peace. Let us be your ambassadors this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just lift our hands to God this morning as we sing this last song. And let's just leave in God's life in peace, knowing that He is in control over every circumstance. Amen? Amen.